Good afternoon. We are here doing our study through the Psalms, our journey as we go through the book of the Psalms from chapter 1 all the way to the end, chapter 150. I hope that you guys have been blessed so far by this study. hope you guys have been enjoying reading the Psalms as much as I have. Um, and today we are going to be going through Psalm chapter 25. Uh, so Psalm 25 is the psalm that we're going through today. That's the Psalm of David, um, and, and it starts off like this, Psalm 25, verse 1, uh, starts off by saying this, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame, but they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. So David is again, crying out to God um, and asking God to vindicate him. He's asking God to not let him be shamed by his trust in him. And then verse 4 says, Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways according to your love, Remember me, for you are good, O Lord. So he continues on uh, by asking God to continue to instruct him. He's, David is wanting to walk in the paths of God. He's wanting God to be his guide. Um, he's wanting God to be the, the avenue by which he walks life. And then he says, remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, because they are from old. And David is referring to all of the things that God has done in the past, not just in his life, but specifically in the, in, in the lives of, of his ancestors, all the way stemming from Abraham and going back to Noah and to Adam and to Eve and, and the faithfulness of God, his great love and his great mercy. And so David is appealing to the very nature of God. He's appealing to the very character of God. And he's saying, God, remember me, remember your great love, your great mercy, and act upon it. Because remember, oftentimes when they say, remember this, um, it's not really uh, a request to kind of say, like, don't forget, or you are forgetting. And so recall, it's more a, a word that kind of conveys the idea that God should act upon something that they are calling in remembrance. So when David says, remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, he's not just saying, God, you've forgotten. He's saying, he says, remember this and act upon it. Act on your great mercy and love, for they are from old. And he says, remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. Now, David is acknowledging that he is a sinner. David is acknowledging that he's uh, made mistakes in the past and, and continues to make mis mistakes because he's not just talking about the fact that when he was younger, he says, um, when, when I was a youth, right? And so it's not just about age, it's about lack of wisdom. And so David, what, what he's really saying is that, please don't remember the sins that I commit when I, am, when I haven't learned your ways, when I haven't been wise, when I haven't feared the Lord, uh, when I haven't been instructed in your past. Forget those sins. Do not remember them, but instead remember me. Remember me as the person, as the individual. Remember your love for me, for you are good, O Lord. Do not remember my rebellious ways, David is saying. And, and the beautiful thing about God that we discover is that God doesn't remember our sins. God remembers us for, for our individuality, us for the identity that he's created in us. God doesn't look on our sins and then just kind of cast us away. God looks at us, looks past the sins of our youth, past our mistakes, past the sins of our, of our unwiseness, and he looks on us as individuals, as, as people that he loves, and he remembers us in his great love 
and his, and his mercy. And then David continues in verse 8, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his ways. And verse 8 is so important because he says, So good and so upright is God that he instructs sinners. He doesn't just punish sinners. He doesn't just cast them aside. He doesn't just give them their conviction and then send them into whatever punishment they deserve. Instead, God, what he does is he instructs sinners. He leads them into righteousness. He leads them into good paths. He leads them into following the Lord. Instead of just conveying this punishment, God leads them into rehabilitation. That's what David is saying. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful, every single one of them, for those who keep the demands of his covenant. And then verse 11, he says, For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Now, remember, we've talked about this when, when they say, for the sake of your name, when they talk about the name of, of, of the Lord, they're referring back to this name that was revealed to Moses in Exodus 34, where God says, I am, <clears throat> I am loving, I am faithful, I am kind, uh, I forgiving a rebellion, iniquity, and sin to the thousandth generation, keeping love and maintaining love to thousands. And so remember, they're, when they're talking about the name of Yahweh, when they're talking about the name of the Lord, they're referring back to the attributes of love and mercy. And so David is saying, for the sake of your name, O Lord, for the sake of your attributes, be, be who you are. Continue to be that faithful and good and merciful and forgiving God. And then he says, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. And we talked about this when we talked about um, Psalms in the beginning during our first view of the Psalms. That in the Psalms, we see it most clearly that there seems to be a differentiation between uh, sin and transgression and iniquity. Sin is, is a moral failing. It is, it is a missing of the mark. It is something that you should have done, but you failed to do. And then transgression is a specific breaking of a covenant. It is the breaking of, of a promise. It is the breaking of relationship. And iniquity is more than just a missing of the mark or a moral failure. Iniquity is the... Uh, how do you put it? It, it, is, it is the conscious and deliberate effort to continue to walk down paths of moral failing. And so David is saying this, I am a sinner. Not only have I missed the mark, not only have I messed up, I have chosen to continue to mess up. I have done things in my life that are wrong. And, and knowing that they were wrong, I have continued to do that. But he says, but God, for your name's sake, for, for the merciful God that you are, continue to be that. Forgive my mistakes. Forgive my constant rebellion. Forgive my constant walk in sin because it is great. It is great. And, and, and I've done so many evils and so many wrongs and I know what is right, but I continue to do wrong. So he says, forgive me for those sins, for those iniquities, for those transgressions. And then verse 12, he says, who then is the man that fears the Lord? Who is the man who has wisdom? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. He will spend his days in prosperity and his descendants will inherit the land. Verse 14, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Now, when David said the Lord confides in those who fear him, uh, what he's really saying is that the Lord considers close friends. Uh, the people that, that the Lord would be considering to confide in would be the people in his inner circle. And so God, David says this, when you fear God, when you walk in wisdom, when you choose to obey God, the Lord considers you a close personal friend and he makes his covenant known to you. And then he says in verse 15, my eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. David acknowledges that only God has the power to save, that only God can actually restore him, that only God can keep him safe. And so he says, this is why my eyes are on the Lord, because God is my constant refuge, my rock, my fortress. And he says that throughout the Psalms, through numerous of the Psalms. And then he says in verse 16, turn to me and be gracious to me. 
for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from my anguish. Look upon my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. Now, I remember that back then they used to equate your trouble and your distress to your sins. So if you had if you had problems, if you had enemies, if things were going wrong, uh, it's because you had sinned somewhere. Obviously, we understand that that's not necessarily the case now. As the theology changes and as the Bible continues to progress in the story, we understand that sin uh, is part of its own kind of entity and power that just causes affliction. But David is saying this. He says, in your forgiveness, in your great love, remember me, forgive my sins, take away this, this affliction, this distress that sin brings upon me. And then he says in verse 19, See how my enemies have increased and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope is in you. So David is calling again on the Lord, and he says, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've made mistakes. I know that I don't deserve mercy. I know that I don't deserve grace. But he says, but despite all of that, God, you are a loving God. You are a caring God. You forgive not because I have done anything right. This is kind of the acknowledgement of David. He says, you forgive because that's who you are. Because God by nature is a loving and gracious God. God by nature is a God who forgets sins, who forgets the rebellions, who forgets the iniquities. God by nature is a God who continues to love his people regardless of, of, of what they've done or who they are. God is an upright God, verse 8, who instructs the sinners in God's ways and guides them on God's paths. And so David, David's acknowledgement is, is a beautiful acknowledgement that God continues to be good, that God continues to be loving, not because we have earned it, not because we have properly asked for forgiveness, but God continues to forgive because of the very nature of who God is. And then he ends the psalm in verse 22. He says, remember Israel, O God, from all their troubles. Right? And now he's, he's extending this prayer to further than himself. He's extending this prayer to his community, to his nation, to his people. And he says, remember Israel, act on Israel, and free them from their troubles. And what he's really saying is he's saying, he says, God, forgive Israel for their sins. Forgive Israel for the wrongs that we have done. Forgive us for, for not following your past. Forgive us for choosing to do wrong. And it's this beautiful Psalm, Psalm 25, because what it, what it does is, is it kind of portrays this, this picture of God as this loving and merciful God. It acknowledges the grace of God. It acknowledges the goodness of God. It remembers and it calls into account our own sins, our own iniquities. It acknowledges us humans as sinful. But then it says to God, it says, remember who you are. Remember that you are a loving God who forgives sin and rebellion and wickedness and, and iniquity. And, and do not leave us far off. Do not forget us. Act on your mercy. Act on your grace and save us from the afflictions that we are currently going through. And, and the Psalms often end with a Psalm of praise. And you'll see many of the Psalms end that way as well, praising God. Uh, for the goodness that he has done. But this one is, is really a, a call for, for action for God. Uh, it acknowledges God's goodness. And in it, we can almost see a song of praise. It, it doesn't end um, like some of the other psalms. It doesn't end with an acknowledgement that God has already rescued. But it, it kind of, the whole throughout the whole psalm, we, paint, we get this picture painted that God will actually act because that's who God is. 
we can trust that even though the psalm doesn't end with the salvation of his people, even though the psalm doesn't actually end with, with David being delivered from uh, his affliction, uh, throughout the psalm we see that God is good and that God is merciful, that God is great because that's who the name of God is. That's who God's attribute, or that's what God's attributes are. That's just the very nature of God. And so even though the psalm doesn't end with this deliverance, we can trust and know that God will come through because he's already forgiven our rebellion, because he's already forgiven the sins of our youth. And so this is kind of a beautiful song for us, because oftentimes, oftentimes I think we get, we get trapped uh, in, this, in this state of, of kind of self-loathing. Uh, we get trapped in this state of, of hatred towards ourselves for the sins that we commit. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but I know that oftentimes when I make mistakes, I kind of just continue to spiral down. And one of the things that I forget to do, one of the things that I often do instead of going to God is is just continue to drag on myself and kind of um, just hate myself sometimes for the sins that I continue to commit, for the iniquities that I, that I live through and for the iniquities that I choose. But the psalm is beautiful because it says this, and my favorite part of the whole thing is verse 8. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in his ways. Even if we are sinners, even if we are uh, terrible people who continually choose to do wrong, God doesn't just punish us and cast us off. God is good and upright and instructs us in his ways, which means that he's willing to forgive us. It means that he's willing to forget the sins that we've committed. It means that he's willing to forget the iniquity that we've committed. And he's willing to move us forward in his path as if nothing has ever happened. That's the forgiveness of God. That's the forgiveness of Jesus. So as we study this psalm and as you read this psalm, as you reflect on this psalm, uh, I pray that, that you would come to understand this amazing forgiveness and amazing grace of God. That you would come to know that no matter what your sins are, that God is willing to remember you, God is willing to love you, God is willing to forget that, and he's willing to instruct you in his ways and lead you into better paths. Uh, so that's the lesson that I hope we take today, is that uh, we, would, we would remember that the name of God, that the attributes of God are love and mercy and forgiveness and compassion. And even when we make mistakes, even when we sin, even when we choose to do wrong, knowing that it's wrong, God is still willing to instruct us in his paths God is still willing to forgive us and God is still willing to love us. God is willing to take away all of our sins and redeem us from our troubles. And so that's my prayer for, for you today is that um, when you do make mistakes and when you do feel down about the mistakes that you've made, that your first uh, response or maybe your second or maybe that somewhere down the road, that one of your responses would be to turn to God. Because only in God, only in Jesus can you find that forgiveness can you find that redemption? And can you find your burdens being lifted? Uh, so that's Psalm 25, uh, this beautiful psalm of God's amazing forgiveness, God forgiving David for his rebellious ways, his iniquity, and for his wrongs. Uh, so I just pray that that's what, we, that's what we take away from this, the amazing name of God, who is forgiveness and grace and mercy and compassion. Uh, so let's pray and let's close this, this psalm study, Psalm 25. God, we are grateful for the amazing things that you do. We're grateful for just being such a good and gracious God. We're grateful for your name, for the name of Jesus, for the name that is forgiveness, compassion, and grace, the name that maintains love to thousands and thousands and thousands of generations, the name who is willing to forgive wickedness, rebellion, and sin, and who's willing to instruct uh, the, the sinners in, in paths of righteousness, who's willing to forgive and forget, 
all the sins that we've committed and lead us into better paths. And so God, as we take refuge in you, as we find comfort in you, I just pray that you would help to lift the burdens of our hearts, lift the burdens of our soul, lift the anxiety and the stress and the fear and the sin and the guilt that we feel, God, the shame that we feel. Lift it all and, and, and take it away from us, unburden us and help us to uh, know that it is unburdened through the cross. So we thank you so much for Psalm 25. Uh, for the Psalms of David and for the forgiveness that you give to us each and every day. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, so join us tomorrow as we read through Psalm chapter 27. Uh, psalm 27 is our next psalm that we are reading. So uh, join us tomorrow as we read through Psalm 27. As always, uh, if you want to leave uh, comments down below, maybe something that you enjoyed from the study, something that you found, your own take on Psalm 25, feel free to leave them in the comments. And if you have prayer requests or if you have needs, please feel free to reach out for us to us. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, but we will see you tomorrow at 12 as we read Psalm chapter 27. Have a good rest of your evening and take care.